Welcome to the Small Business Big Impact Podcast, where we speak to people and planet positive small and medium businesses and startups about how they are creating an outsized impact and how other small businesses can too. In this interview, we're talking about paying it forward and using the power of everyday purchasing to support a social cause. Welcome, David Leighty, founder and CEO of Goodwill Wine. 12 years ago, David lost most of what he owned in the Black Saturday bushfires. He was, of course, grateful to be alive and also humbled at how Australians stepped up to help. Because of the money dropped into donation tins around the country, he was able to start again. And so with a powerful new motivation to drive him on, he made it his mission to pay forward the incredible generosity shown to him. He decided to start a business that gave back 50% of profit to charity, of everything he earned to charity, and he would give it to the charities his customers cared the most about. He loved wine and had some great contacts in the Australian wine industry who agreed to help. And so with the $15,000 given to him through the Red Cross bushfire appeal, Goodwill Wine was born. With every purchase of wine, customers are able to choose the charity that they want the money to go to, either from a list of top picks or to search the full database of over 300 charities. You can also add your own favorite if it's not listed. David has now given back over $420,000 through Goodwill Wine, well on the way to his goal of $1 million to charity. This money has put 200,000 meals on the tables of Australians living in poverty, bought high-vis weather gear and defibrillators for volunteer fire brigades, played a role in introducing a plastic bag ban in Queensland, funded five international animal cruelty investigations for Animals Australia, helped rehome 50 orangutans, desexed, vaccinated, microchipped, wormed, and rehomed 100 dogs and 150 cats, and even helped save 12 whales for Sea Shepherd by paying for fuel for their Southern Ocean campaigns. And I'm sure many of those numbers have gone up since the last count. Um, Goodwill Wine also looks after the environment. It's important to note in uh, using 100% recycled cardboard packaging and also offsetting 100% of the carbon footprint of shipping and transport via Greenplate. And two years ago, Goodwill Wine took on its first round of angel investment, which has seen the business grow over 500% and dramatically increase the amount of money being donated. So I'm looking forward to chatting to David about that. David anticipates that it won't be long before he reaches the $1 million mark donated. And after that, he says the sky's the limit. Now, one of the things that I love the most about this business is that I think most of us remember donating to the bushfire appeal here in Australia. And it's just so cool to see what that money meant for someone who was impacted. And also what it then inspired you to do in paying it forward, David, and that that kind of inspires people to continue donating and want to keep donating more to um, see that impact that it's had, like a little circle of life. (laughs) So welcome to the um, Small Business Big Impact interview series, David. Thank you, Sarah. I'm I'm really happy to be here um, and uh, happy to answer your questions. Great. All right. So 50% of profits to charity. 
Um, as most small businesses know, or, or most new startups are very aware, it takes a while before you're even making profit in the first place. So how did that work in the early days? Well, we've got a um, we've got an unusual model in that we pay the charities first, and then we scramble to uh, pay ourselves. And so, in the the first few years, we were we were giving you know two dollars a bottle to charity, and uh, certainly in the first year, that equated to um, actually more than a hundred percent of the profit. It was around about one hundred and ten percent. And so, I was working a second job, and the charities were getting paid from that second job. Um, and then as the business grew, um, that percentage uh, slowly began to reduce. So we're, we're still yet to, to hit the, the 50% donated. Um, to date, we've uh, averaged around about 72% of the profit has gone to charity. But we're growing and we're growing really quite quickly at the moment. And we're looking forward to the day that we get down to that 50%. And then after that, we begin donating more. Um, on top of what we already do donate. So, so yeah, our model is um, pay the charities first and then scramble to pay ourselves. It, it, it has been quite challenging. <laughs> Goodness. And so how did, you, how did you plan that from the start, I guess, in terms of calculating how much from each bottle you were going to be sending to charity? Well, I, I actually, after the, after the fires, I, I did um, a government program called the, the Seb's Nice, uh, and they put me through a, a uh, six month um, small business course. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought the business would grow a lot more quickly than it did. And so I, I estimated what we felt might be 50% of the profit. And, um, you know, it took, well, it still is taking <laughs> time to, to reach that point. But uh, really, um, we just had to pick a, a, a dollar amount. And, um, and, and, you know, cross our fingers and hope. Uh, what it did mean was that for the first three years of the business, I, I rolled out a swag alongside my wines on a warehouse floor. And, um, uh, you know, I wasn't meant to be there. And so I was, you know, tall and tense and purposes with the other people who worked in the complex. I was the first there in the morning to work and the last to leave because uh, I didn't leave. And, and, really all there was to do was work. Um, so it, 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 those kind of, you know, 14, 16 hour days, um, were kind of instrumental, I guess, in, in, in really kickstarting the business and, and getting the first charities on board and, and, uh, giving it the best chance to, to grow, particularly when you're giving such a, such a large amount of, uh, your profit. Absolutely. It's, um, I, that sounds very familiar because I also did uh, that program, the Nice program, <laughs> and it's all a guessing game when you're first starting out, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Um, but obviously you've pushed through that period, that struggle, um, and you've stayed committed to the 50% to charity model. So why does that continue to be important to you? And do you think that it's a good model for other businesses? It's a challenging model for businesses. Um, we're, a, we're a social enterprise, a certified social enterprise. I didn't find out I was a social enterprise until two years into the business when an organisation called Social Traders contacted me and informed me of, you know, what I was. Um, 
but uh, why have we stayed true to that? Um, that was why we started. We started to reward the supporters of good causes with good quality wine and, and um, you know, we've, we've stayed that course and we've grown as a result of the, the loyalty that we've engendered, you know, our commitment to that path. And, um, you know, we knew, I knew it was going to be challenging, but um, I guess, we pursued a path of the priority has been on the customer. The priority has been on the charity. The priority hasn't been on generating profit, maximizing profit. And so I always had faith that if we stayed the course and, 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 and remain committed to our initial goals that, that we would grow and we would grow, you know, to a point where, you know, I could earn, uh, a nor normal income and I could employ people who could do similarly. So we kind of, we've reached, almost reached that point. <laughs> that must be such a relief to feel like, you know, you're kind of at the top of the hill. Oh, uh, look, I think we've, we've got a little bit more climbing to do, but, um, but there's some big things about to happen and, you know, some very exciting things and, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward, I'm looking forward to, to 2022 and, and beyond. Yeah. So obviously, you know, getting close to cresting that hill, you've really seen some pickup in terms of, you know, the growth of the business. Um, I know it's, it's grown fantastically recently. So can you tell me more a little bit about the benefits that you've seen to the business, um, especially in that charity model, like what that has seen in terms of return? Well, it's, it's, um, Certainly the last, the last two years with, as you mentioned in your introduction, um, the angel investment provided capital to begin dramatically expanding um, and, you know, creating awareness. And that awareness has, you know, brought us in front of a lot more charities. So whereas, you know, for the first few years, it was me on the phone trying to convince the charity that this was a different sort of wine, a different sort of model to what, you know, they were used to. Um, now there's enough of the Goodwill wines turning up to dinners that, 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 that the conversation starting a charity's finding out about it and, and, and are now kind of coming to us in, in, in large numbers, um, because it's such a, such a, I guess, a, uh, an easy way, uh, and, and, you know, a cost free way for them to, to add to their, their income stream, uh, and, and, and then also create awareness about that cause. Um, the growth has allowed us to move into a bigger warehouse. It's allowed us to, you know, buy forklifts and, and, you know, pallet racking and, and begin, um, having a little bit more buying power, uh, with the wines. So, you know, if we're coming across a vineyard who, who has, you know, three pallets of wine, um, for, for whatever reason, uh, and there's many reasons, um, we can now buy all three pallets and, 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 and often, you know, they might just want to try to move it all off in one hit and we would, we might miss off, miss out in the past because we just couldn't take all, all three. Um, gee, it, it's, it's, it's the, uh, the growth has allowed me to surround myself with people who are really clever and, you know, smarter than me in, in many different areas. And, and so whilst I've been this jack of, all trades um it, it it really kind of feels like i've 
I've been sitting at that kind of, you know, 95% mark, never really nailing anything 100%. And so I've been able to, to bring on people who, who can. And uh, that's, that's been such, a, such an important um, yeah, aspect of, of the new business, the, the new improved Goodwill Wine. And do you think that some of those um, people are attracted by the ethos of the business that they specifically want to work with you for that reason? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so when I took on my investment, um, I, I initially, I was contacted by a, um, an impact investor. Uh, he was in, in London at the time and um, was heading to Australia, had been to Australia, was born in Melbourne. Um, and so I had tried the wine over the years, really liked the wine. And he was looking for um, ways to invest um, in businesses he felt had uh, huge potential to grow, but were primarily uh, doing something to help the world. And so um, he had, you know, previously, uh, I, there might've been kind of 20 businesses that he'd previously invested in perhaps. Um, I don't know the exact number, but uh, we met in a, um, a coffee shop and shook hands right there and then. And as a result of that, a number of other investors came out of the woodwork as soon as that first initial kind of significant investment kind of was announced, I guess. And, and, um, I then had the good fortune to be able to pick and choose who I wanted to get into bed with. And, um, you know, there was, there was no shortage of people who kind of saw this as, uh, something that could grow significantly, but were less interested in the charitable element in the business. And, you know, may even have liked to have removed that element from the business. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's not someone I'm interested in, you know, getting into business with, that's really not someone I'm interested in knowing. And, and so, um, I got to pick and choose and, and I, I, I picked people who could bring a skill, not just cash, because it turned out that the cash was there if I wanted it. Um, after that initial investment, um, you know, it then became a snowball effect, and and so I got to pick and choose who I wanted on board. And so I picked kind of one of the one of the best ad people in in the country who who initially had pitched um, uh, a rebranding idea when we went out hunting for it, but quickly fell in love with the actual concept of it all, and 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 came on. Um, uh, as an equity investor. Um, and so, and so kind of provided, provided the work essentially for free, but took us, took a stake. Um, and that's been amazing, uh, to have someone with that sort of talent and then someone else who, who's invested quite significantly is, um, you know, a, a market research guru and, and that watching those, you know, those two working together is been kind of really powerful, um, to, to be able to kind of look into where we should be looking at growing and, and how kind of that audience looks and, and then targeting the marketing towards that. Um, you know, I bought on, uh, one of, one of the best winemakers I know. Um, I bought on, um, a brilliant, um, horticulturalist, uh, permaculture, uh, guru. Uh, and this is all, you know, future planning for, for when we eventually do have vineyards and, and, and we do start making wine ourselves. Uh, cause at the moment we just source little ends of runs from little boutique vineyards. Mm -hmm. Um, gee, uh, 
and and then there's you know several other people as well I brought on who who I just knew kind of were experts in 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 areas that that I wasn't and so that's been that's been fantastic to to lean on those people um so that that's something that uh that that the investment has 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 um provided uh is not just the cash but the expertise that that I lack yeah and I think that that's something that every small business struggles with you know is trying to do everything themselves not doing anything perfectly but to be able to attract the right people the investors and the expertise who really align with the idea of the business who are attracted to the business for that reason that's it massive help that's it and so yeah I've, I've I've flailed around for for the best part of 10 years um uh you know and not for not for want of trying but just you can't do everything you can't do everything and and the problem is with small businesses how do you afford to get people to kind of come on that journey with you um you know because because they're not cheap if you're <laughs> they're not cheap for that sort of expertise yeah looking but, back do you have any sort of lessons learned on how you would have approached it differently earlier on and not spent 10 years <laughs> without it uh i i would have um there was there was help available back then which i didn't kind of find out for, well for the first two years i operated as just as a business that gave 50 percent of its profit um i always felt a little bit uncomfortable calling myself a, a for-profit business at the same time i wasn't a charity i didn't know what i was um and it wasn't until i got that call from social traders who 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 are the the certification body here in Australia for, for social enterprises. And, 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 um, you know, they, they just that initial phone call was amazing because there I was living in a, in a shed, you know, the room I was in was about five foot tall. Um, I'm, I'm six foot, uh, and, and, uh, it was nice to find out that there were other people out there doing the same thing as me. And there was actually a lot of us. And so there was this family I was introduced to. And, and so two years in, I began to get a little bit of help from people who knew better. Um, so that, that kind of, I guess, was the beginning of uh, th- that learning. As far as mistakes go, gee, I, I've just made so many. I've just, it's been prolific, <laughs> mistakes. Um, because it's such a, it's such a new, field like i i don't know if kind of the people listening to this podcast have heard about social enterprise before um you know they may have heard about b corp uh but social enterprise is has been around for for a very long time but it's only just starting to gain notoriety and generally a social enterprise is a business that either gives 50 percent of its profit to charity or it employs people who face barriers to employment um, you know, we've done a little bit of column B in the past, um, but there's, uh, there's all sorts of challenges associated with that until we get big enough to properly afford to employ, you know, people with genuine barriers to, empl- barriers to employment, which, which normally means employing other people as well to, to, to oversee and help manage that. And, and so you, you, your costs kind of go through the roof. The, the feasible path for us was that 50% of the profit, um, if you're if, if you're looking for specific mistakes um you know i had a decent wine palette when i first started but i've learned a lot about what other people like and so i've bought wines in the past that may not have been as commercially viable as as um 
as, as the wines I've been buying in the last kind of five or six years. Um, I've, I've, you know, because I started and I was so green, I've bought wines from vineyards who have swapped those wines around. So they've sent me samples and, and then I've, I've kind of tried it, really liked it, said, yeah, I'll take it. They've then sent something else. Um, and kind of when you go back to them and say, well, you know, it's not the same wine, they're like, well, you know, it is, we're pretty sure it is. And you kind of go, okay, well, it's, it's so not the same wine. Um, th that hasn't happened too much, but I just haven't kind of had the confidence in the past. Well, back, back, back then, um, to, to, um, you know, really stand up to that. And so now I just ask for, I ask for multiple samples and so I can keep one sample aside for when the actual palate does turn up and little, just little, little things like that. So I can kind of, you know, then taste it again and, and, and you, 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 you're armed with what you might need to go back. But, you know, generally the, in fact, almost entirely the vineyards have been amazing um, with how they've wanted to support me. So that's not really some sort of an ongoing trap that you encounter. Um, I've, I've, you know, wasted lots of money on advertising in the past uh, where I just didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and, you know, I, I used to, I used to hand, I used to print out each individual label for each individual bottle, uh, for specific charities. And so, um, you know, to put out, if I had an order for, you know, if I had 20, you know, at Christmas, let's say kind of 10 years ago, I might get 20 cases on, on any given day in December. Well, that would take me over 24 hours to, to put those 20 cases together. So you'd be kind of working through the night and then into the next night and then collapsing at the end of Christmas, kind of getting sick and, 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 and just kind of that, that streamlining kind of didn't really come about. I began to streamline and I stopped hand labeling and started using a, a labeling machine, but we're still putting individual charity stickers on the bottles. And as the business grew and, you know, so let's say yesterday, um, over the weekend, we you know, did a hundred and I don't know, 180 cases. And, and, and so that would have taken me over a week to put together. But in fact, we could get that all out on Monday um, because we've really streamlined all those processes. So, so it's all that fine tuning, um, whole lot of little mistakes that that I think everyone makes when they start a business. Yeah, yeah, we were, we were talking before that it's, you know, any new business is a series of experiments yeah. to find out what works and what doesn't. Um, what have you learned about the customer? Um, you know, the types of people who choose to buy from a social impact business and how to tap into that better? All right, well, that's been a really interesting journey. Um, because again, this is such an unknown, this whole social enterprise is so relatively new to the general public. Um, you know, I've, I've learned that uh, not everyone in Australia cares about charity. Um, you know, I've really dug over the years, dug down into those stats and, and you know, the reality is that 49% um, of Australians do not donate to charity. They do not volunteer and they do not buy ethically, they will never buy my wine. So already almost 50% of the population, forget about it. Um, the other 51%, thank, thank God, um, you know, 20% volunteer. Um, and then the other, you know, well, 20% volunteer, donate and, um, uh, purchase ethically and when I say purchase eth ethically they, they they think about the product they're buying and how that actually is impacting on the world and so you know a good example is who gives a crap toilet paper um, and and uh, and so that 51% is my audience and then 
you've kind of got, well, who make up that 51% and the vast majority of the ones who buy ethically are women. So women make up 90% of my entire customer base. And of course that then is going to be dictated, you know, that, well, that will dictate, you know, the type of marketing I do, how I present the product. Um, and you'll see, uh, you know, the, bot the bottles, you know, come with these labels on them. And, 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 and so we're kind of now doing these kind of really pretty flowers throughout the, the, you know, they're all different colors, different things being said, but they're all positive reinforcement. And, and so, you know, I've, we, we primarily market towards women, women give on average a year as much as men do, but men need to be seen to be giving. Uh, whereas women incorporate it into their daily lives. Now that's, you know, th that's a generalization um, because, you know, we do have men who are our customers and there's, you know, a lot of men out there who don't need to be seen, seen giving, but that's why things like Movember and um, charity auctions are such, such huge events for men to be donating. And that's where a lot of their kind of money goes to charity. It's, it's, it's because look, I've, I've grown my mo and, and oh, why have you grown your mo? Well, cause I'm donating to charity and, and, um, or, or even better still, you know, those charity auctions where, where kind of, you know, the wallets come out and who can pay the most for that. Oh yes. I, I once saw a man put their don charity donation receipt in their Tinder profile. <laughs> yeah so well, yes you're right <laughs> yeah so so that's a good point but you know at least at least you know he's donating to charity and so that's awesome right and so and so you know what i find is that you know there's a preconceived idea about the wine with men um you know the fact is we we tap into these um tiny runs of uh, boutique wines. And so a vineyard might've expected 2000 cases. They ended up with 2060. They only got 2000 cases worth of labels. And so they're not gonna go back to the printer for such a short run because it is mind blowingly expensive. And so those wines sit in uh, apple crates and, and so forth in the back of vineyards. And they're, they're what I tap into. So, so, you know, that wine that I grab has a label on it, which is mine. Um, and I buy it for significantly less than obviously they sell it for. And then I end up selling it for significantly less than they sell their branded version of that wine. But, you know, quite a few, a lot of times actually I've done, you know, wine tastings and, you know, I can talk about, I guess, wines that I, I, I don't have anymore because I can't say the vineyard because if they're selling a, a Pinot for $40 or $50 and I'm selling it for $22, they, want to help but they don't want to hurt their brand and so you know I've, you know stephanie's dream yarralock um 2015 you know they might retail that for 50 dollars. i had that until recently for 22 dollars 95 and uh you know that was incredible wine uh for 22.95 but i've done blind tastings with blokes where i put my wine you know the bottle and a glass and 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 the yarralock stephanie's dream bottle glass poured them into the glasses next to each other and watched those guys try the Stephanie's dream and go, wow, that's unbelievable. And then try the Goodwill wine and go, oh, don't like that very much. And you kind of go, well, that's okay. I'm, I'm not going to say anything, but you're drinking the same wine here, buddy. So, so there's a, there, there's a perception. It's kind of, like, I, I look at it like the kind of, you know, don't tell me about boats. I know boats kind of thing where, where kind of really at the end of the day, most men aren't going to buy my wine, even though They'll, they'll, they'll spend 20 extra dollars to buy the same wine, but they want to take that label to dinner and they want other people to see that that's the wine that they've bought. 
And so, you know, a wine with kind of kind people and my kind of people, <laughs> you know, guys probably not going to take that to dinner, but a woman would. And, and particularly if, you know, she's willing to buy it, maybe her first purchase is a, a what I call a, a pity purchase because they're, they're supporting charity. But once they get that wine home and they try it and they, they, they see the value in it, um, you know, they come back. And so we've kind of got this bizarre return rate of customers. We've only just introduced a, uh, um, a wine club where people can, you know, commit to 30, 60, 90 day purchases. But for the last 11 years, 10 years, it's just been, you know, if someone wants to return or not. And we sit at almost 50% return rate, which is unheard of in the wine industry where there's no loyalty. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I've learned about our customers is, is they're incredibly loyal, fiercely loyal, um, and uh, primarily women, primarily you know, middle-aged women. And I guess so much of it is understanding why they choose to support a social enterprise, you know, like what the motivation is for the men and the women. Well, we've done the research. We kind of a couple of years ago um, with, with the marketing uh, research guy um, did some research and, and, uh, and, you know, I really thought the primary focus for people buying my wine would be the charity element. It wasn't, that came third. Um, supporting a social enterprise was the number one driver, um, which I found fascinating. And then the quality of the wine was the second driver. And then the charity component came third. Um, and I would have thought it would be, you know, completely the other way around. I would have thought it'd be charity, quality of wine, then social enterprise. But I think people really want to kind of lean into businesses that are actually trying to do something good that's where they want their dollars to go yeah that's where i want my dollars to go yeah 100 percent. and to encourage more businesses to go down that path as well to see it as a successful business model oh it's a, it's it's going to become an incredibly successful business model no i'm not talking for goodwill wine i think we will become an incredibly successful business but i, I really do think it's, uh, it's right at the the crest of that wave it is it's it's building and and it's really exciting the future for social enterprise in australia i think you know and as i said before you know businesses like who gives a crap you know who who have just taken off so much through this pandemic because of the whole you know toilet paper kind of um issue but more importantly for social enterprise is that it's kind of put social enterprise on the map it's made people really and mainstream people and probably that 49% of the people who given a choice wouldn't buy who gives a crap because it's a social enterprise, it's charity, kind of blah, blah, blah. Um, but I had no choice, right? Cause there was no toilet paper and that was the only option that you could kind of lock yourself into on, you know, into the future. And, and so I had to do it. And, and it's just kind of opened up this whole group of the population for social enterprise to be now, I guess a, a consideration we'll see where that we'll see where that goes yeah and having good experiences with a couple of social enterprises and realizing oh it's not bad quality it's often better quality <laughs> exactly that's exactly right and and the yeah. fact that there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of social enterprises and people probably are buying stuff and not even realizing it so you know. well like businesses like your own that at first you didn't realize you were even a social enterprise yeah that's it 
Now, I'd love to talk a little bit more about the um, certification, the Social Traders yeah. uh, Certified Social Enterprise. Um, can you tell us a bit about what that certification means, um, the process for getting it, and also why other people should possibly look for suppliers or business partners with that certification? Okay, so a couple of years ago, Social Traders, who are the certification body in Australia, kind of shifted their model from they were set up primarily to support social enterprises and they've now shifted into social procurement. Um, and so whilst they still support social enterprises and, and have loads of um, yeah, information for social enterprises, now um, the push has turned towards uh, governments supporting social enterprises. And so you look at the Victorian government here and here in Victoria, um, if you're a a large business and you're going for a government tender, you now have to have a certain percentage of your your um, procurement done through social enterprise. And and it's about 3%. So it doesn't sound huge, but if you're, you know, building a, a freeway or something and, and 3% of that spend has to be through social enterprise, then you, you know, you're really going to have to think about how you're going to, you know, what businesses are going to be able to be brought on board with that development that are certified social enterprises. And so, um, and primarily that focus is to, not towards the 50% giving model, but towards the employing people who face barriers to employment. And that's incredible impact. If you can, you know, employ someone who otherwise might at least consider themselves to be unemployable, but the reality is they are employable. Um, you've changed that person's life and that's going to have kind of ramifications further afield. Um, whether it be just kind of on, uh, you know, money, social security no longer has to, has to pay or just their self-confidence and their ability to interact in the community and, and so forth. Um, that is primarily the focus now for social enterprise. Um, it has been at the larger businesses and it's starting to filter down to the, 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 the medium-sized businesses and very soon it'll be down into the small businesses where, where you'll be able to tap into their resources and find out where you can get your office cleaned um, by a social enterprise or you can buy, um, you know, your printing can get done by a social enterprise. And, and if the quality ends up being the same as, as, and, and the cost ends up being the same, and that's a really important thing here, the cost, because the costs are the same, then, you know, why not? Why wouldn't you go and, and help change people's lives for exactly the same result? So, so that's kind of, that's what social traders do. Um, and they offer a certification for businesses. And by being certified, you get to tap into that procurement framework. And, and so, you know, um, almost any business could seek that certification and then tap into it. And particularly if you're a, a business who, who could, you know, really benefit from being aligned with, you know, John Holland or, or, or Australia Post or Westpac or some, you know, these large, these large businesses, then it might be actually in your interest. You could, you know, whilst, you know, it's not necessarily even giving 50% of your profit, you can go through an employment program and, 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 and bring some people in who can do a job and, um, and therefore maybe you qualify as a social enterprise that way, but there is fairly rigorous. Um, they kind of, they audit you. So, you know, there's no, you, you can't greenwash. Um, 
you you get found out pretty quick if you know if we weren't giving you know fifty percent of our profit, um, you know we'd be struck off kind of instantly. Um, and and similarly, if your employment practices are actually as you say they are, then likewise you 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 would get struck off, and then you 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 wouldn't be able to qualify for any of that procurement benefit. Um, so that's the social enterprise model, and that's the social enterprise certification. Um, and they're probably the benefits. In my case, you know, John Holland or Westpac probably aren't going to buy my wine, but um, you know, the public buy my wine. And as people begin to find more out more and more about certification, you 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 begin to see what businesses are doing. I guess, um, and then yeah, we've just only just put the certification up on our website. We've been certified, you know, since they started. We're one of the first first businesses to be certified. Um, but yeah, we're just a bit slow on the website stuff. There we go. There's another mistake I've made is, is, is how I've managed my websites. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all of the things that you get to learn when you're basically a solo entrepreneur at first. Um, so there's a lot of people are very aware of another sort of certification in this space, which is B Corp. Yeah. Um, there's less, I guess, awareness at this point about social traders, social enterprise certification. So what would you say to people who kind of put B Corp up as the end all and be all best certification you can get? I think B Corp's fantastic. Um, I think um, if you can go and get certified B Corp, you should, because there is an awareness in the community about B Corp, more so than there is about social enterprise. Um, I think the stress on the business is, is, a lot larger with a social enterprise than it is with B Corp. So B Corp's, you know, fairly expensive. It's not hugely expensive for a business. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things you've got to do within that business to, to, to qualify for B Corp. And if you happen to be a social enterprise trying to qualify for B Corp, well, you know, the point system that they use, the, the very nature of being a social enterprise kind of, gets rid of a lot of those points right there and then. Um, and so there's a lot less hoops to jump through in order to get your B Corp, but they're very rigorous as well. And, you know, I, I, I think for a business starting out who, you know, if you aren't still living at home with parents and if you don't have a warehouse with wine to go and sleep in, um, maybe B Corp's the way to go because people are noticing and they're really, um, giving it a huge amount of regard. Um, mm. it's, it's something that they're, they're, they're it's registering and, and, and they're looking for it. Yeah, that um, demand for, for that label is, is huge. I think we just need um, more people to understand the, the difference between having policies in place and having an impact in the world. And I think a lot of one of the good things about, I guess, the social traders, social enterprise certification is it's less about management systems and more about impact. Yeah. And, but, you know, what is impact too? And that's been, you know, something that I found really challenging and, you know, there's different organizations that, that, that run their businesses on determining what impact is for other businesses. And, you know, the, the definitions range from um, the intent of a business to you know if you existed would anything have changed and 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 i really like that last one um 
I think, uh, you know, that is the, de that, that's for me is the true impact definition is, you know, if, if I wasn't running this business, would anything change? And, you know, I, I have moments where I wonder if anything would change, you know, but we have. And <laughs> I think it's good to have in the back of your head as a guiding light for the business at all times, right? Like yes. have and all of your decisions get to be made with that in mind. I think that's, that's spot on. That's exactly right. Now, um, we're getting close to the 45 minute mark. So um, I'll, I'll ask you kind of some, some summary questions, I guess. Um, firstly, what's the best decision you've ever made in your business? Uh, taking on investment. Uh, I'm, I'm scared about going into a round A um, because I'm, I'm scared about the type of investor that is going to bring into the business. Um, and just how cutthroat that might then become. Uh, but certainly angel investment, um, was, was easily the best decision I've made. Um, for, for all the reasons I explained before. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. Um, I always try to encourage small businesses to focus on just one key influence that they have, you know, something that's core to their business model that creates an impact in the world rather than trying to do everything. So in your case, what would you say that is? What would you say is Goodwill Wine's superpower? I think we've stayed true to what we set out to achieve and that was to reward supporters with good quality wine first and foremost. And so the reason why the business has grown is because it's actually some really careful curation of wine has gone on. So there's, you know, for every, for every wine we bring on, there's, there's tens, if not hundreds of wines that we don't. And, and so that's been the main thing I think that has retained a loyalty above and beyond the charity element of the business. Yeah. I guess it, it comes back to that old, um, you know, it has to do good, but it also has to be high quality. Exactly. There's no point. If no one's going to buy it, then there's no good that's going to get done. Yeah. Yeah. And as you said before, they come in for the good that it does and they come back for the quality product. That's exactly right. Wonderful. And um, now in a bit of summary of all of your mistakes and lessons learned over the time, what would be your number one tip for small businesses looking to either go into sort of a social enterprise model or just looking to be more sustainable generally? Seek advice. That's, that's, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people out there who know better than you. Um, I, I, you know, I think back to when I was a teenager and a young adult, um, you know, I went off and I went off and made a feature film and oh my goodness, what a dog's breakfast, you know, that was. And, and, and it didn't have to be so much effort, so much time, so much money. Um, if I had just gone looking for help, you know, it, it would have been a very different story. And I think that's across everything. And it's hard to tell that to a young person when, when they're so full of kind of, you know, the energy and the, the excitement and, um, certainty. the certainty, but you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people watching this aren't, 
going to be people in their twenties who who may be into their third business. And 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 you know, I guess what I'm saying is self-evident for those people is there are people out there who can help you. Um, you know, anyone who thinks they know all the answers is all, all they're doing is pushing people away. And they're the kind of person you 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 really don't want to have that conversation with because they're alienating people around them all the time. I'd say and. And, and there's so many people out there who want to help, who are prepared to help and, 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 and don't even necessarily, they don't need payment for help. They, they, they're just willing to do so. But at the same time, you know, cherry pick that help because <laughs> you can get some terrible advice. Do you have any tips on where to find those people that are keen to help? Well, within within the community you're in, there there should be people. So I, I found a lot of mine within the social, the social enterprise community. Um, you know, there's always going to be organisations such as, in my instance, social traders, who who were able to introduce me to all sorts of people. Um, and then I've extended that. You know, I, I talk to social enterprises, new social enterprises, all the time, and 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 we really are a. a, a, a a sharing community, a, a, a family of sorts. And, and, and so, you know, I'll tell, I'll tell anyone anything that I've learned and I've got, you know, a decade's worth of mistakes to have learned from. And, um, you know, you can find those people too in your community is, is my advice. Yeah. That's a perfect, um, recommendation to, to find that, that community, that network that can support you. Wonderful. I know that we could keep talking, but um, how can people learn more from you or about the um, organizations that you've spoken about or stay in touch and follow Google Wine? Well, we've got a website and um, you can you can sign up um, to receive emails on that website. So we've always got lots of information, you know, alongside, uh, you know, new wines and offers and, and so forth. Um, you know, my my, and, and, and we've got contact details on, on, that, um, on that website. Uh, so that's probably a good place to, to start. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk to anyone. So if you would shoot me an email, um, just jump on goodwillwine.com.au and um, you know, hit the contact button and, um, and we, can start that, we can start that conversation. Yeah, perfect. And I can say from experience as a newsletter subscriber that um, not only are there some, you have some really interesting blogs that you share about the journey that you've been on, but also you have a chance to win some free wine. Oh yeah, that's right. We give, we give wine away every week. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good selling point. Don't forget that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wonderful. And I'll also um, add in the notes um, links to the social traders website. Um, and interestingly, for anyone who wants to buy from more social enterprises, they have now relaunched their social enterprise finder. So their database of social enterprises to look Correct. through. There's so. lots on there. So, so definitely, yeah, put that link up and, and, and go, go have an explore. Yeah. Find all the wonderful businesses like your own. <laughs> That's it. Okay, thank you so much, David, for all of the hard slog that you've been through, hopefully finding success now and shortly in the future. Um, and thank you for kind of being that guiding light for other businesses following that path. Yeah, thank you, Sarah, and, and I'm wishing you the best of luck too. Thank you. Okay.